But let us now dive straight into AEW All In, as that is the topic for today's show from this past Sunday. So before we get into the show, and Brian, me and you uh, have spoken about this uh, just before we got onto the show, before we started here, um, is that there were a lot of headlines, uh, a lot of headlines going into the show or in the zero hour, I want to uh, I want to say that AEW uh, was involved in um, um, going into going into this pay-per-view. Um, of course, you had MJF and Adam Cole winning the ROH tag titles. You had Mercedes Monet uh, was was live in attendance in the crowd uh, from the show. It was so good to see Mercedes. I don't believe she is cleared yet. Uh, but there's no doubt now she is, I mean, she's on AEW television. You would assume that there's going to be a deal set in place if there hasn't been already, uh, with Tony Khan to Mercedes Monet about potentially, you know, getting her on the show or getting on dynamite, whatever that is. I'm just saying, (laughs) right down the road, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So holds, you know, fingers crossed and seeing where Mercedes Monet uh, ends up going to when she does get cleared. Uh, But the one major headline, Brian, that kind of just, you know, I don't want to say overshadowed, but I guess you can kind of say it in in, in this, in this aspect is, is CM Punk Phil Brooks. Um, Of course, I'm sure a lot of you guys know that CM Punk was in an altercation uh, before the show went on the air with uh, Jack Perry. Uh, with Jack Perry, who, of course, you guys know is another AEW talent. Apparently, something happened backstage before the show went on the air. There was reports about them getting into a physical altercation. Uh, there was talks about, like, Punk had a chokehold on on freaking uh, on Jack Perry at some point backstage. Of course, there was also talks even weeks ago about Jack Perry, you know, discussing about using broken glass in a match or a segment. And that was denied by punk and punk kind of went after jungle boy or Jack Perry. I should call him now uh, of that situation. And Brian, the, the one main thing that I kind of have to kind of just wrap my head around it is that, you know, you have such a tremendous event, right? You have such a tremendous big event. That's supposed to be special, not just for AEW, but for professional wrestling as a whole, as they were, I want to say, I don't know the exact number, but I believe it's around 81,035 people that were in attendance or had, or were paid attendance for that show in London. And there could have been so much really good high headlines about MJF and Adam Cole and where that storyline is ending up to, Soraya winning the uh, AEW Women's World Championship. Hell, the stadium stampede match was, was just another freaking world of what the fuck, right? But, it, the, but your major headline out of all of that is this, is this altercation. And Brian, at this point, man, it's just, yes, it, it falls on the shoulders of CM Punk. And I've said this way back in April, and I put it on our, on our Facebook page just a couple days ago, is that it would be the biggest mistake ever to bring a guy like CM Punk back because of the relationship of the locker room and the fact that maybe outside of a handful of people in that locker room, 
he doesn't get along with a lot of people. He just doesn't. He clearly still has that, you know, that toxic, I don't know if you want to call it toxic, but whatever type of relationship with Hangman Adam Page, as they were, they have been butting heads. Of course, you've had the Young Bucks for the longest time now, and now you have Jack Perry. And now it's now it just rests on the shoulders of not just CM Punk, but also for Tony Khan. Because now AEW is just becoming just, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? Just a complete mess of a company. No, nothing, nobody has any authority. There is no holding people accountable. It's a fucking whirlwind. And, and that's the major problem with AEW is that, yes, they're putting on all these great events and people are talking about it, but your major headline is one thing and one thing only. And that's CM Punk Phil Brooks in these altercations. And that's it, man. And it's a shame. You know, I said it back in April and I'm going to say it now. It was the biggest mistake to bring this guy back because I don't understand what fans were expecting that this guy was just going to come his way back into the into the company and just miraculously just bring this company to new heights when he didn't even do that the first time. Again, the numbers and the metrics will prove prove you that. And again, I like CM Punk. I have always tr- always been a fan of the dude and I was just 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 in freaking up in arms when he came back at AW Rampage two years ago. Seriously, I, I yeah. truly, really yeah. like the dude and his talent and how he holds himself and how he carries himself. But there comes a time where if you're Tony Khan, you got to put your fucking foot down. You just, you got to. And yeah. a suspension, and now we're hearing that there's a suspension, not just with CM Punk, but with also uh, with Jack Perry. Guys, slap on the wrist. That, that Guys, that's all it is, man. I, I mean, that's... To me, a suspension is not going to, you know, completely solve all of AEW's issues right now. And at this point, Brian Punk is becoming more of a detriment to this company than he's helping it. And but it also it also, you know, falls on the shoulders of Tony Khan not doing anything about it, not being the leader, not being the owner that he should be. And that's just what it is, man. But Brian, before we get into the show, your thoughts about this whole this whole situation, this whole alter- altercation that happened between CM Punk as well as Jack Perry. The floor is yours. I'm so, kind of in the same boat as you. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of CM Punk. Um, absolutely. Uh, but, man, unless this is all one big, huge work, by everybody involved or multiple people, Tony Khan included, you know, um, because it all, it, it's, it's obvious that CM Punk, it, I would almost say he's a heel now, but you know, he hasn't made officially made a heel turn. Um, but that's the direction it seems they're going in. Um, and it seems to me that like, if this is, if this is a work, um, it's not. Uh, it there's seems, no way it's it a work. It seems to me that you're, you know, it's one thing to hate CM Punk, the character, the whatever, but now you're trying to, to again, this is, if it's a work, like you're trying to make people hate the human being Phil Brooks, right? right. And, and this is where, you know, I, I personally don't think it's a work. You know, could I be wrong? Sure. Um, and and if it is, yeah, then then fucking kudos to everybody involved because that that's fucking brilliant. Um, but otherwise, look, it, it's it's not. It's been last. It, it's been since he came back the second time. 
for starters. But literally, you can go down the last four or five shows, and literally every show, it's you know a, a, a promo on Hangman Page, um, confronting somebody in the locker room that nobody's ever heard of before, beef with Jack Perry, and you know. If this is Phil Brooks, the human being, you know, being a little bitch about like, oh, my God, these people can't be in the building, you know, the same time I am, then grow the fuck up and stop being a little bitch about it. You're professional wrestlers. They can be in the same fucking building. Like, so that's 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 where, I, you know, that's where kind of the rubber's re- meeting the road for me. Like, yeah, if if it's a work it's one thing but it doesn't seem to be that way i don't think it is man and if not then i'm sorry like you can't you can't be the person that cm punk is and then all the time throw your hands up and be like oh it wasn't me jack perry said that to me i had to defend which yes i i get defending yourself in the moment or whatever but if Mm -hmm. you're always the center of controversy you're playing a fucking part in it too like there's just no way around that. And, mm-hmm. and if he's going to be this petty to ban f- people from the building or confront some guy that, that, you know, Jesus Christ, if you just let it go, nobody fucking talks about it. Cause nobody knows who the guy is and nobody gives a shit. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where it's going with him, but um, it's, yeah, for especially for this weekend with All In and that event and that crowd and what it meant, like you said, not just for AEW, but professional fucking wrestling. If why CM Punk in this, you, you know, a headline for him and, and Samoa Joe on the match. Cool. But for this shit, God damn it, man, you're you're not helping the business. You're not <laughs> like so. I don't know where you go from there, man. Um yeah, I mean, it, ultimately, it lands at Tony's Khan's foot, you know, at, at his feet. Like, he's going to have to be the one to make the decision about whatever. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Um, but to just kind of do the the stuff, you know, that that Punk has kind of seemed to be doing. And and look, he, he's he's earned this. He's he's made himself into the star that he is, right on that level, like. God damn, like, you don't have to bitch and moan about every petty little grievance that you have, you know? Eh, that's just where I'm at with him, man. Yeah, and um, I- I'm going to go ahead and say this right now before we get into the show. If this is a work, then this is the this is the most shittiest work of all time (laughs) like seriously i I mean there is no work in the way they intended to because here's the thing right like if if this if this is a work right if this is seriously a work, if there's people that are are out there that seriously think that this is a work like this is your major this is your biggest headline right the biggest headline oh cm punk you know he's creating all this altercation it's gonna make people hate him guys wouldn't the biggest, wouldn't the biggest headline, your bigger headline of this show, wouldn't you want that to be MJF and Adam Cole? Wouldn't sure. you want that to be Soraya winning the championship in her home country of England? Like yep. your biggest headline is CM Punk coming out of all in your biggest show out of your calendar year and in professional wrestling is CM Punk and Jack Perry. Really? Uh-huh. Guys, come on. 
<laughs> Who right. the fuck are we fooling here? Like, it's guys, it's not a work. It's not a fucking work. If it is a work, then Tony Khan and that company are are fucking clueless. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> they just are. Um, there is no way if this is a work. Like you, they would be or idiots. Maybe to it's take- even if if, if, if I, I don't know. It's just maybe I overanalyze it, or maybe yeah. if it, it's just like Punk himself trying, like legitimately trying to make you hate. Phil Brooks, the human being. Yeah, to and get that's that type of heat. And right? that's what and that's what Philip Brooks CM Punk is, man. It's like he wants right. the headlines to be about him at the end of the day. Um, as much as we like the dude, that's just who the guy is. And Punk is going to do, you know, the best way imaginable to make the headlines and to make professional wrestling in this company about him regardless of what it is. But in regards to being at a work, I highly doubt that your biggest headline coming out of this show would any, would be anything but the main event that you had with MJF and Adam Cole or yeah, Soraya yeah, winning the sure women's championship. Sure. That would be fucking weird. So I hope that that clears the air. I hope that that makes sense to everybody. But yeah, man. So as we know... Um, you know, and, and I like the fact that also, and this is where I kind of, you know, commence Tony Khan for at least for at least partially for this reason. You know, obviously they're suspended. We talk about that, both Jack Perry and Punk. Um, and also for all out. They're not gonna be yeah, at all out right? from what I'm and hearing. Just, yeah, and even exactly. even like, if it is Chicago, it? right? And the and the and all out is gonna be in Chicago. So hey, you know, even though you know it could it, it's easy, Brian to say, oh, you know, we need this guy on the show. It's Chicago. It's his hometown. It's the only town that he's going to get a maybe a cheerful reaction instead of a 50-50 reaction, you know. But no, he put his foot down and he said, I don't care if All Out is this Sunday. You know, I'm going to suspend him, even though, to be honest with you, I think Punk is better off just, or this company just completely walking away from CM Punk because I don't think he's helping the company at all. I mean, I don't think this company is getting any better with or without him in the company regardless. Um, But still, you know, he put his foot down at least for once for this time being. And I don't care if if All Out is in Chicago. I don't care if we have this big pay-per-view. You know, I'm taking Punk off because it's it's just the right thing to do, man. There's things that are – there's right – and wrong and the right decision was to pull CM Punk from all out because again it's it's one thing Brian if this happened maybe like it one occasion right with Punk it's just one little altercation it happens guys this has been happening for months and months and fucking months at yeah. some point if you're Tony Khan you have to you you, you have to be the owner you, you have to be the guy that is riding the ship and you and with that ship you cannot let it sink a million because miles per hour because exactly right and you know it's you know regardless of because there's only so much that people like omega and all these evps the bucks christopher daniels and, and all brian danielson i know is actually i believe is now a suit and tie or a part of head of or one of the creative teams or one of those suit and ties now in the back as i think we uh we discussed a, about that a couple weeks ago or a month ago or so but it all rests on Tony Khan at the end of the day. This yeah. is his company, and these are decisions that are have to be made, and that is CM Punk getting pulled from AEW All Out. So it sucks, man, you know, because it, 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 and I feel bad for all the people that were on this card because as we're going to go over the show, you know, this was a, this was a, you know, not the best show, not the greatest show that I've seen AEW I'm, I'm put on. It, it, well, it's the best show of the year. 
Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. But to be honest with you, Brian, and I'm going to speak more about this when we when we get done with this is I've seen AW put on better shows. Not that this wasn't good. It was very good. It was good for what it was. But I've like I wouldn't want to go back and watch this multiple times. This this pay per view. I, I, I like. I'm not going to remember the six man tag between the elite and and, and Bullet Club Gold. I'm not going to remember. The freaking the, the the triple threat trios titles match. I'm not going to remember the casket. I'm just guys. I'm not going to remember it. Um, you know, are there a handful of really good stuff that happened the show? Absolutely. Um, was it one of the biggest probably events and and you know highlights of this calendar year? Absolutely, it is. Um, but I've just I've just seen better, man. <laughs> that's that's it. I've seen AEW put on a whole lot better. And but we'll go well we'll go over it. We'll dissect the show. So without further ado, we're gonna jump straight into it. Um so and of course we'll we'll uh we'll we'll keep people posted in regards to the situation with Punk and with Jack Perry and kind of see where that goes at the end of the day. But let us dive straight into uh this first match. And the first match of the night was CM old day, I guess you can say, as this was pretty much <laughs> smack middle of the day for people living in the States, right? Uh this was CM Punk versus Samoa Joe for the real world championship. Um, you know, Punk's entrance, he's got the old ROH attire. If you guys know Punk from back in his ROH days, you know, that's pretty, pretty kind of cool visual there. Um, CM Punk gets busted open early in this match as Joe crashed him through the bottom of the announce table. There's like a little, like a little section of the announce table and he just sends Punk crashing through it. Thought that was a cool little, cool, cool little, uh, cool little spot there. Uh, Punk is like mocking Hulk Hogan with the whole freaking <laughs> the full freaking ear thing. Um, with, and also the leg drop, he does the Hogan leg drop. Um, and when it's all said and done, I mean, decent match. I mean, nothing special, nothing that's really that memorable, but the crowd was into it. The crowd was hot. It got electric as the match went on. And when it was all said and done, Punk wins the match via a Pepsi plunge. It looked like just a Walmart version of a pedigree, but either way, uh, and it was from the top rope. He delivered it from the top rope and uh CM Punk wins this match and retains this title as match time in length was 15 minutes. So, uh obviously, I mean the right call, it clearly there's a bigger story, I'm sure that's going to be told in regards to Punk holding on to this real world championship where that goes, I'm not sure. Uh but clearly there's a there's a bigger story involved, so of course Punk had to win this match. Um uh, nothing outstanding but still a decent way to start the show off. I was, I was wondering of how they were going to start this show off and, you know, having punk and Joe start off the show. I'll take it, man. Uh, it was a decent match, nothing crazy, nothing, you know, spectacular, but again, the crowd was into it. They got into it as the match went on and, um, overall pretty solid, pretty solid way to start the show. So Brian, your, your, your take and your thoughts in regards to this opening match. Well, if I could rewind it real quick, man, let me just first give a, a quick shout out to the the crowd. You know, I've, I've mentioned on here yeah. numerous times, man, like for me, this is just my personal opinion, man. If you get a crowd of that size, right, 50, 60, 80,000 people in an outdoor stadium and put on, there is, there's just, in my opinion, there's nothing like it in the world. I mean, it, it's, uh, I, I don't have the word. It, it just, for me, that that's part of why I I think this this whole card, this whole event was so freaking good. It, it's the crowd is part of it, should be part of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that being said, and then let me go in right real quick to the uh, MJF Adam Cole uh, match at um, Zero Hour. 
just real quick, um, you know, MJF, he wound up hitting the fucking kangaroo kick, and God damn it if it didn't fucking hilarious. Uh, just so that, um, I, I will say just a little quick gripe, you know, obviously they won their titles or tag team titles or champions now. And I get the whole double clothesline stick they're doing and, and why yeah. it's a, a thing. Mm-hmm. I will say it just, to me personally, it does a little bit of a disservice to Aussie open as we just had a, a you know, another fellow, uh, Australian on here. Mm-hmm. Well, your typical, I don't know much about Aussie Open. From what I have seen of them, they are a, a damn good tag team. And, and to lose, like, to lose on a double clothesline, it just, that was kind of fucking weird. But that being said, it was fucking entertaining. Um, so, yeah, the, the match with Joe and Punk. Um, again, the intros, uh, both coming out immediately. Crowd is hot. Um, you know, they're chanting Joe, you know, the really kind of more booing uh, CM Punk. Um, but I thought it was a good match. Um, I love the throwback to, you know, um, Punk did the Hogan shtick, and then Samoa Joe did the, you know, the Hulk up and the point, you know. So they, they stole that whole whole thing from Hogan, but I love the, the throwback to it. Um, so, yeah, I, I really liked the match. I enjoyed it. Um, it g- given, you know, what's going on, I mean, I, CM Punk had to win that match. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a, a really, really good start to the show, man. I liked it. Nice, nice. And yeah, I'll definitely get more into uh, those ROH tag titles once once we get into into that main event, which was, of course, MJF and Adam Cole for that world title. Uh, but up next, we have a six-man tag match. This was the Elite, or at least part of the Elite. You have Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, and Kyoto Abushi versus Bullet Club Gold. And Takeshka, so Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Kanosuke Takeshka. Um, Don Callis is on commentary. You know, Mega and Ibushi, they um, they go for like a double moonsault, and I'm 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 guessing it was supposed to be simultaneously, as I think Ibushi kind of slipped on the on the second rope, and then like that kind of like spot, I guess, kind of looked not ugly, but obviously they were supposed to do that at the same time, but still a little. Little like little blunder I saw there, but still pretty overall. I mean, listen for a six man tag, of course, second match of the night. The crowd is still hot for it. Um, and I'm going to just be completely honest with you. This was just another match I could have seen for free uh, on Dynamite. You know, you guys know how I, I, I speak sometimes about these pay-per-view events, you know, like, is this a match that I would want to pay for? And for this, it's the answer's no. Um, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, everybody involved was fine. However, the finish, what the fuck, man? Um, <laughs> as freaking Kenny Omega gets rolled up uh, by Takeshka. Or let me scratch that. The awe-inspiring and the ultra-devastating. Roll up finish. There it is. You know, if we're going to talk about the roll up, I have to talk about it properly. Um, so, yeah, Takeshka wins this match via the roll up versus against Kenny Omega. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. It's Shinsuke. I'm going to do my best Shinsuke impression. Come on. Right. I mean, Kenny Omega yeah. getting rolled up. Listen, I understand they're, they're, they're setting up another match for all out. I get it, man. But st- guys, this is not Barry Horowitz. This is not Leo Rush. 
This isn't the Brooklyn Brawler. This is fucking Kenny Omega. You're telling me you don't have a better finish than a fucking roll up? Come on, man. I, I, it's just, yeah. it just, it's, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. It just, you're there's so, and again, man, we talk about the roll up finish always being overused, always being overplayed. And, you know, it seems like, of course, there's a match being set up now for between Omega and Takeshka. So I'm, I'm, you know, probably, I guess you could put two and two together because of this win that Takeshka or pinning Kenny Omega, uh, that Kenny Omega is going to be the one going over against Takeshka um, at uh, AEW All Out. But still, man, you know, again, the match was fine. I mean, I would have been fine if this was on a pay-per-view or on television for free. Um, this just did not scream pay-per-view worthy to me, especially when it comes to Kenny Omega. You know, I wish we could have booked something better for Kenny Omega for this big event instead yeah. of having a bunch of motherfuckers in there. But, but, uh, but yeah, man, that's just my take about it. Nothing that was bad, nothing, but nothing that that was anything great or out of the ordinary or anything that I would go back and watch. So Brian, your, your thoughts in, in regards to this, uh, the six man tag. Yeah, I mean, it was still, you know, kind of an entertaining match. Um, for me, my takeaway was, it, you know, I'm still kind of, you know, um, Juice Robinson and Jay White. I mean, they continue to impress me. So I was, you know, it, it was an entertaining match for what it was. Um, yeah, I don't have any big takeaways from it. I, I will say, and kind of, I guess, starting in this match, and I mean, really littered up and throughout the card, um, I could name a bunch of people. I mean, Sting, Darby, Swerve, the Bucks. You know, I get it. This is is the biggest show maybe some of them will ever perform at. And so everybody was going all out and, and kudos to everybody. But, you know, there were definitely some, some spots throughout the show. It was like, oh, goddamn. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, you know. I'm glad it seems at least nobody suffered any major injuries, nothing like that. And I, I understand, you know, being in the wrestler and that level of event, you know, all the, uh, everything's on the fucking line, right? Like, so I get it. I appreciate it. I'm glad at least nobody is seriously hurt, but man, were there some, were there some questionable things, man? <laughs> and some just, you know, just being in the moment, uh, was it this match? I, I I can't even remember. Like somebody, it might have been the spot you were talking about where they were going for the moonsault and yeah. slipped off the ropes, mm-hmm. and then and then were suplexed through the table. So I can't remember what match this was in, but um, goddamn, um, it might have been. Was it? It might have been the Sting Sting Darby and Swerve match. Maybe that was that's, it. Yeah, I, that's probably that's that's probably what comes to mind. Yeah, at least what you're referring to. Yeah, either yeah. that or maybe the Stadium Stampede. Maybe uh, I'm not sure. That's what it was. That's what it was. Stadium it was Ortiz. Stampede. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ortiz. 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, but anyway, the, the, that being said, I appreciate everybody that went out, performed, and 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 gave it everything they had and left it out there. Absolutely. Yeah, very well said. Very, very well said. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, everybody did their part. Again, like I said, there, there was nothing that was bad, nothing that that, yeah. you know, and this is the type of chaos that I don't mind being on a pay-per-view. Um, that That's just, you know, you, you save that for these big events. However, just at least in regards to Kenny Omega, I would have had something a bigger, had something bigger planned for him as well you know, yeah. a better finish. <laughs> that's, that's just, that's just me at the end of the day. So for sure. 
Up next, we have FTR versus the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team Titles. Match time and length was 25 minutes. Now this, this was, as of right now, the best match of the night. At least as of right now up until this moment. This was a match that the Young Bucks desperately needed in their careers because as of late brian you've said and you've heard me say this so many times about the bucks is that you know yes i understand people like the elites omega and the bucks but to me man they are better when they are separate they are better when the bucks are just being the bucks and kenny omega is just being kenny omega um as they went out and put on a tremendous freaking tag title match um, you know, the Bucks are paying tribute to Freddie Mercury, which I thought was really awesome. Yeah, ring yeah. here. Um, you know, FTR paying tribute to both Brody Lee and Bray Wyatt as they had the black armbands. Um, really, really nice solid. It was awesome to see that. Um, FTR hits Mac Jackson with a a BT trigger, it's like their own BT trigger, their own the Bucks' own move, plus a shatter machine. Mac Jackson kicks out at two and nine tenths. Um FTR wins via a shatter machine to nick jackson this was like the second or third shatter machine in the match and ftr retains their championships obviously the right call we've spoken about that brian not too long ago ftr looked to shake hands after the match but the young bucks said "Eh, i'm good and they just they walked away um but yeah so before i get to you brian you know again just as of right now just going back over these last two matches leading up to this match so far, the best match of the night. I don't think it's even freaking close. Um, FTR retaining these championships um, definitely was the right call. They just won these titles. Um, even though you can maybe make a case that losing these titles wouldn't do that much of a detriment to that to FTR or the titles, but still, you know, FTR just to me, it's still too soon to take those titles off of them. Oh, yeah. And and here's what I'll say, and I'll send this off to you, Brian, in regard to this, because I mean I can go on saying how good the match was, but I'm not gonna waste too much of my breath here. But and and I don't know how you feel about this, is that I truly feel that the Young Bucks and their title as EVPs have been a detriment to their careers. Because to me, they don't A, they don't know how to book themselves properly. And B, as the EVPs, it seems like they're, yes, they're trying to put other people over. They're trying to work with all these other young talent, but still, man. And I think that's also a reason why Cody Rhodes decided to leave AEW because having that EVP name and booking himself, I think it was just more of a detriment to his career. And we talked about, you know, with Cody Rhodes and the reception that he would get from the AW crowd. And I feel like that that's how Cody Rhodes truly feel and why he left WWE or left to go to WWE is that EVP name and how booking himself as a wrestler on his own show was just doing more harm than good. And I feel like as of late, both not just the Bucks, but also Kenny Omega, like they haven't felt really as such majority of their AEW careers they yeah. haven't felt like the Bucks. They ha- they haven't felt like Kenny Omega, right? And this was a match from the Young Bucks that reminds you of how they were put on the map, you know? And I just, you know, being the EVPs trying to run a company, I just think, and booking themselves, 
and, and putting themselves in these situations on top of that as wrestlers, I think is just doing more harm to them and being more of a detriment than, than it is a good thing. Um, so that, that's just, that's just my take in regards to that, just going back from the past several weeks and months, but yeah, Brian, your thoughts in regards to, uh, this tag title match between FTR and the Bucks. Yeah. Well, let me start with your, your last comment there. Yeah. That, that's always going to be a tricky situation because, you know, to your point, just, you know, in the, in the previous match, right? Like, yeah, Omega should have probably been in a bigger spot, had a bigger match at an event like that. But you get into that situation where, you know, the guy and the Bucks too are legitimately talented enough to be at the top of any wrestling company, whether that be the champ, they're, they're just at the top, whether, you know, in the title picture, at, at the, the top of the card, whatever that may be, they are that good. Um, But then you get into the, you're, you're always then going to have like, if, if, Kenny Omega is going out there and wrestling for championships and the Bucks, Bucks are tag team champions. Then you're, they're in a no-win situation. Like, cause you're never going to get away from the haters that are just, Oh, well you're booking yourself that way. Oh, uh, maybe, but they're also that damn good too. So <laughs> yeah, I get your point. It, it's just, it's, it's hard to do both. There's, there's no easy way to do both of those. Um, yeah. But to the match itself, you're absolutely right. Best match on the card this far. Um, I even like the, again, we saw like, again, throughout this, this whole event, man, which is again, why a part of why I liked it so much. Um, a lot of wrestlers, you know, had throwbacks and little shout outs to, you know, wrestlers gone by, uh, the bucks did it here with mocking Bret Hart, right. And his, his kind of shtick, you know, that he, that he does in the ring. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, absolutely fantastic match. FTR should have won here. Um, and even there was a spot in here where this is probably about, I don't know, three quarters of the way through the match. Did you see the uh, the spear that Cash hit, like, through the ropes? Like, you know, yeah. uh, like suicide dive? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. I mean, Holy just, fuck. Right? Again, you talk <laughs> about, like, just throwing yeah. caution to the wind and 100 miles an hour and we're throwing all the cards out here. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Um, so, again, just, I mean, it looked fucking awesome fantastic glad everybody's safe uh but yeah that was that was damn cool man um so yeah great great match absolutely yeah uh, no doubt no doubt and then we'll see where this goes with the young bucks as well as ftr um you know we'll see where this you know hopefully ftr can carry this momentum and is you know in regard to the bucks who knows? I hope they just don't get thrown back in with Kenny Omega. That's kind of my, my my gut feeling is that some point, maybe not for all out or some point down the road, that's what they're probably going to end up doing. But we'll see, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. But this is a I tag like for match. Right now, though, at least, you know, the way they ended the match with them, you know, not shaking the hands. And then I don't yeah. know if it was backstage at All In or if this was on Dynamite last night where, you know, FTR comes back in trying to, you know, shake the bucks hand or whatever. And then uh bullet club gold comes in. So, you know, mm. I don't, they're at least, I, I like the way they're still continuing the story there. So, yeah. Yeah. As I was say, and I did see that with bullet club gold. So maybe you can make the case that bullet club gold is the next team to get the tag title opportunity. Um, Cause I doubt they're going to do another match with the bucks. I mean, this was promoted yeah, right, as a right. trilogy match, so it wouldn't make yeah. any, 
wouldn't make any sense, especially after this big event and you're going to do another match. I don't know how you would, how you would top that after all of the right. matches that, that, that they've done. So it, yeah, that, that it makes the most sense to, to, to definitely add another chapter um, with, with FTR here with, I guess with Jay White and Juice Robinson. Um, and, and I guess in regards to tag titles, I'll, I'll save that take for another day. Let, let's just say that. So, um, up next, we have Stadium Stampede. This was the Blackpool Combat Club, Santana and Ortiz. That's right. Santana and, or- Santana and Ortiz um, are back. They actually returned, um, you know, the previous week, um, the previous week, week this right? past yeah. Thursday, last week. Um, I believe it was either on Rampage or Dynamite, one of the two, setting up this stadium uh, stampede match as they took on the best friends. Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, and Penta. Um, guys, there's no really good way to review this match. <laughs> this shit was all over the place. It was a, a, a clusterfuck, but hey, it was entertaining as shit. Um, I mean, you got freaking John Moxley being stabbed in the head with fucking skewers. He's got about <laughs> seven or eight of them bitches in his fucking forehead. Um, I, I mean, holy shit. Mox is stabbing Orange Cassidy with a fork. You got people brawling all throughout all the sections of the stadium. Um, you have people like freaking Wheeler Yuta and like Claudio and all these people brawling in the, uh, you know, in the concession areas of the stadium. Just, just fucking chaos. Um, just really... <laughs> really was you know eddie kingston's using an umbrella as a weapon like just a bunch <laughs> of crazy shit bro um but was the probably the most entertaining freaking spot was sue mama sue yeah. from freaking the best friend she drives her white freaking minivan like who kissed her i want to say it was mox it was mox mocked. walked up to the fan yeah. and fucking yeah. kissed her just fucking wild shit and again, man, this is when you do wild, zany shit like this, man. You do this at these events, these pay-per-view events. That's what you save it for, right? It's great to see these matches on a dynamite or a rampage. Of course, it's it's great to see. It's great television. We're gonna be we're gonna be entertained by it at the end of the day. But there's just another feel when it's in a big in a big setting in a big event like this. With mm-hmm. thousands upon thousands of people in that type of setting, that's what makes a stampede or a false count anywhere match fucking special. And, and that's that's just what that was my biggest takeaway in regards to that. But yeah, Sue, she's driving onto the scene. She's like giving them freaking like like cookies or snacks, and he's using like a cooking tray to freaking use as a weapon with Trent and uh, and Chuck Taylor. Um, freaking broken glass was used in this match. Freaking Orange Cassidy takes his fist and he's like digging into his fist with broken glass. It was just, again, man, just crazy shit. Uh, there was the table spot off the top rope that was Trent and Ortiz. It was a suplex off of the top rope. Uh, that was pretty freaking gnarly as well. Um, and yeah, freaking uh, Eddie Kingston just comes back into the ring like he's freaking Terry Funk. Terry Funk would be freaking proud upstairs. This dude yeah. is just taking out everybody. He's got a barbed wire steel chair in his hand. Uh, Kingston sends Mock through a table, and then Orange Cassidy wins the match via an orange punch to Claudio for the W as match time in length was 20 six minutes so brian i'll let you i'll let you just jump straight into it man your your thoughts of uh this stadium stampede match between all these individuals 
I don't know where to start. Yeah, I mean, it was entertaining as shit. You, you got no doubt about that. Um, you know, I'll start with saying, like, I, I don't understand. The, the, the match was great. It was entertaining or whatever. I don't know going forward. Like, I just never understood the initial pairing of Kingston and the best friends and Penta. It, none of that made sense at all. But but this match, it it was entertaining. I mean, you, you mentioned Mox with the skewers in his head. Yeah. Never seen that before. Been a wrestling fan for, you know, 40 years. First time I've seen that, but it was just the way like they stuck in there and then like fanned out. Like, oh man, it was. Bro, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful violence. That's, I I don't know how (laughs) to describe it. Um, It's good shit, pal. (laughs) Right. There was also, I mean, just a few more spots. Um, You mentioned the the suplex through Ortiz, um, where previously, like, he had slipped from the top rope, like, damn near taking himself out. Yeah. Um, There was another spot uh, where Penta and, I don't know who it was, Penta and Santana, maybe? Santana, um, yeah. Were, you know, up at the the stage, you know, climbing the ladder. The ladder fucking snaps as they're climbing. Yeah. And these mm-hmm. motherfuckers climb back up it and still do the sunset flip off of it. Um, it was another spot where it, it might not, unless you watched it, you, you might not have caught it, but like, I think it was Ortiz that delivered a top rope splash to uh, Beretta. But the way he did it, like, he just laid out, like, didn't didn't brace himself or your typical splash that you would see any wrestler do. Like he would, that was just like straight ribs to ribs. Like he did not brace himself with his arms or, or yeah. anything. It was fucking violent. <laughs> um, but yeah, a- entertaining match. Um, shit that I've never seen before. Holy shit moments. Um, so yeah, all in all, and I agree with you. That's that's where you do it in an environment, at a stage, in a setting like that. And again, you know, going into it. I didn't really care because I, I didn't. Same. <laughs> the, the, the 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 pairing of, of best friends and Kingston and Penta just is all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Um, but for what it was, it was a fucking entertaining match. So absolutely, yeah. kudos to all involved. Yeah, I want to say when it comes to best friends being involved, I think it kind of just, I think it's just more of the fact that it's, I guess you can say telling the story with Santano and Ortiz because they were friends with Eddie Kingston. So maybe they're just like, oh, well, I got to find myself some partners or something um, as well as, of course, you know, John Moxley ha- has been having his issues with Orange Cassidy. So when it's Orange Cassidy, you got yeah. the friends involved. So but still, it's fucking weird because, again, you got Kingston. We thought was maybe telling a story with Mox and Mox is telling a story with Orange Cassidy. Now you got Santana yeah. and Ortiz back in the fray. It's it's a lot. It it, it really yeah, is a lot. Right, and right. it's definitely, that's definitely the one gripe that I definitely have about this is like, where does anybody go from here? I guess, well, yeah. Moxley is going to be challenging um, Orange Cassidy for that international championship. Just great. Like the same guy. Well, that triple threat, right? World, Cassidy, Mox, and... No, as of right right now, it's just Orange Cassidy and John Moxley in a one on one match. So, um, but still, just uh, I mean, you know, Brian, we've said about the international title. You look, it's we have much respect for Orange Cassidy and 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 and, you know 
the, the work ethic, you know, the workhorse that he is with these matches that he puts on, but still there has been nothing and he showed relevant. Me something in this match too that you know a different yeah. side of him. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, no, no question. But when it comes yep. to his title reign, there's been nothing special. There's been nothing intriguing. There's been nothing about Orange Cassidy and what he's been involved in outside, of course, this 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 stampede of what it was. And of course, mm-hmm. leading up to it, Brian, I'm the same way as you. I didn't really have that much excitement. I knew it was going to be crazy. I knew it was going to be epic. And what it was for what it was. It was damn freaking entertaining, but when it comes to yeah. Orange Cassidy and what he's been involved with, with this title in his around his waist, there's been nothing. Just another international title match after title match after title match after title match, and you just keep expecting people to fucking care about this guy right. with no character development, n- no nothing. You know, we know he's going to do the hands in the pockets, the fucking sunglasses, and all that weird shit. So now. You're putting him in there with John Moxley. He's going to maybe be the one to finally dethrone Orange Cassidy. Okay, so now, again, a guy that's that held was legit, guys. The face of this company was holding on to a world title, and now he's holding on to this international championship. Guys, I, I'm just – I don't know. That's just fucking weird. But um, so, so in regards to, like, the connection with the teams and, and how that goes, that's that's the only gripe or that's the only – you know, semblance of sense that I can make in regards yeah, to that. Right, but, right. but, uh, but yeah, man, just, but still for what it was going into it, you know, I knew it was going to be chaotic. I knew it was going to be crazy. I didn't have that much excitement into it. I was looking forward to it, but I didn't have, I wasn't at like, man, I have to watch this match, but for what it Damn. was, man, freaking golf clap. I mean, it was entertaining as shit. And again, it's just, it's about the setting that you do these matches in. Is this the time to have a stadium stampede match when you're in fucking Wembley stadium? The answer is yes. Um, right. You know, and, and you know, and it's, you know, when it comes to matches on dynamite or any other television event, you know, that's what you save it for. You tell the story within those shows and you have these matches on a pay-per-view in a type of setting like this. And that's honestly, Brian, the biggest takeaway I have. Uh, in regards to all of that at the end of the day. So up next, we have a AEW Women's Championship match. This is a fatal four-way match between champion Hikaru Shida versus Tony Storm versus Britt Baker versus Soraya. Of course, Soraya being in her home country of England. So obviously, you know, didn't have like a like a rocking reception, but still a pretty good reception from London. She came out to Queen, We Will Rock You. I thought that that was pretty cool. Um, she's walking down the ramp with her family, her mother, her father, and her other siblings and friends to the ring. Uh, Tony Storm just looks like a, looks like Marilyn Monroe walking to the ring. Hey, she looks freaking damn freaking good. Freaking yeah. Tony Storm. Hey, freaking, you know, not bad. <laughs> not freaking bad. Uh, whatever this new character, I guess, whatever quirky, crazy character that she's got working with mm-hmm. or something along those lines. But, um, but definitely a new semblance to her character for what I've been noticing as of late. Um, so in this match, you know, Soraya and Tony Storm, they're butting heads pretty early in this match. Tony Storm accidentally hits Soraya's mom as she has, she's holding on to Britt Baker at, on the barricade. She goes to punch Baker, break, uh, Britt Baker sidesteps it and just clocks freaking Soraya's mother. 
And freaking Soraya's like, bitch, you just did not fucking do that. And she crawls underneath the rope. And Tony Storm's like, wait a second. Let's talk about this for a second. I didn't mean to hit her. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, and then, you know, freaking Soraya just goes on a freaking rampage. She's taking out freaking Brit as well as freaking Sheeta. Um, so I like the, so look, I, I, I like the, the effort that was put into with the outcast, trying to tell yeah. some semblance of a story with the outcast. I can respect that. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, look, it's it, for, for that aspect, I, I, I like the touch of that. Um, you know, so again, and then you had Ruby Soho, another member of, uh, of the outcast come out. She's trying to play peacekeeper. Storm just decks Ruby Soho because she's like frustrated at this point. And then freaking Ruby Soho, she's like, fuck this. I'm just out of here, man. It's like, forget this, dude. <laughs> freaking Baker hits the stomp. She hits a curb stomp. You know, Seth Rollins would be pretty, pretty freaking proud of that. Um, but she hits it on Tony Storm while Soraya, while she's in Soraya's submission hold. I thought that was a pretty cool spot. Um, Soraya uses spray paint. In the face of Tony Storm, Soraya hits the nightcap DDT finisher for the W. Now, keep in mind, you know, uh, Britt Baker also has the lockjaw submission or is trying to get the lockjaw submission onto Sheeta while, you know, Soraya is pinning Tony Storm. She uses the spray paint. She hits the DDT. And Soraya is your new AEW women's champion as pyro goes off you know saray and her family come into the ring and hey you know let me let me give a nice little clap as well for saray congrats to saraya i want to i want to uh i want to just you know get that out of the way you know of course you know saraya she's she's been dealing with a a crazy neck injury a major neck a neck injury that has taken you know years months out of her career and you know again not too long ago brian that she made a return back to wrestling and here she is having this moment and that's great for her and that's awesome right and the match overall i thought for a fatal four-way match i thought was was decent I, I thought it was decent for what it was the finish and the moment was special however wh why does why do that to a karushita why she just won that fucking title guys so she wins her she wins this championship and brian you called this out as well as i did but it was majorly from from your mouth not mine but you know you were as as great as you thought of that moment that she'd have got at the 200th episode of dynamite you know neither of us but you said it did not trust it you know she just gonna hold on to this title for how how however long she holds it it may not be that long and, you know, and it's going to give it, you know, they're going to give it maybe to Soraya or whoever. And she's just going to be back to just being her Karoshita that she was before she lost it or after she lost it the first time. So, so she wins that title guys for, for what to give it to Soraya, not even a month later. What are we doing, bro? Yeah. I, I, I mean, like, this is like, why do Hikaru Shida dirty like that. I mean, come on, man. And, and it's not just her. It's this fucking title. The prestige of this fucking title is starting to become a freaking clusterfuck. I mean, you had freaking Jamie Hayter win this title. That was, you know, was she whole? I mean, Lee, 
th- I mean, you know, being fair, she held that title for 130 days. But after that, Tony Storm, it was a irrelevant title reign. However, yeah. Tony Storm won it, then gives it straight to Akaru Shida, right? So we're thinking, okay, let, let Shida do her thing. Maybe this is a way for Shida to get back her momentum that she had during the pandemic. And guys, not even a month later, and they give it to Soraya. Guys, as much as I like Soraya, I respect her, and it's great to see her back in this in, in, in a wrestling ring. And I understand why they did it. It's her home country of England. Guys, I get it. But if you were going to do this, if this was the plan, why the fuck put the title on Sheeta? Why? <laughs> why fucking bother? That's my, Brian, that's my problem is not just the booking of Sheeta, but the booking of this title and how fucking garbage it is. And that's it. Brian, your thoughts in regards to that. Uh, yeah, so this match, I mean, I, I thought it was a pretty decent match. Um, again, you know, I, I can't not mention some of these bumps that you know, men and women took. Uh, there was a spot yeah. where... Um, Sheeta was kind of suplexed off the top rope, and the the bump she took like on the corner of the ring apron, like it it hit her right in the middle of the back. And I mean, god damn! Um, again, just just shout out to what all of these men and women do on a on a night in night out basis. Um, that being said, yeah, I, I totally get you, and and hear you, and feel the same way about Sheeta. Um, I, I like Sheeta. You know, I, she's she's more deserving of a than a thirty day title run with fucking. What, what can anybody do with a thirty day title run, right? I mean, you're Sir, yeah, have one two matches in there, and that's it. Yeah. Um, you know, here, but here's where you know I, I just struggle with the fan in me, right? Because I could give you, I could go back from the time I started watching wrestling as far as the women wrestlers like who I thought like, okay, that's, that's my person in the, in the women's division. Right. It started with Miss Elizabeth, <laughs> Macho Man's, you know, wife. Uh, then it went to Lita and then Soraya and now Rhea Ripley. Um, so I, I fucking love Soraya, man. I, and this moment for not just her, for her entire family. Like if you've, you know, read into of their backstory and, you know, they, their whole family has been, or a lot of the family has been in the wrestling business. This moment in London in Wembley for the whole family, God, it's fucking beautiful. I, no, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah. No doubt. Um, so, yeah, but going forward, um, the women's division, man, like, huh, yeah. Cause I, here's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't know while Soraya's cleared, like I doubt she I don't think she's cleared to the point where like she can go in there. Like she can't wrestle on a on a nightly or even a weekly basis, probably. Yeah. Um you know, with with her injury history, right? Um mm-hmm. so again, it's one of those things where like I don't anticipate her having the title for long. Mm-hmm. But the only the only way I can see this this women's division like stabilizing and then growing. I don't know how, how bad badly injured hater is or how long she's going to be out, but I, I'd ventured. It's a pretty safe bet that Mercedes Monet is going to be an AEW at some point. And right now, given the talent and, and, and just what has been going on, 
I think the four women have got to be right now Soraya, Hayter, Britt Baker, and Mercedes Monet. Like, you know, obviously this is the next maybe two, three months down the road. But I think you gotta you gotta build a, a stabilize the, the foundation with those four women right now, um, you know, and that's all of course speculation. But yeah, we we gotta get out of this just like round robin of like even you go back to Hater's title run, which you said you know it was 130 days, but name one one memorable match she was in, one title defense. You can't like right. It's it's just yeah. I don't know. So that, that's where I'm at with that. I, I love, I'm, I'm glad Soraya got the belt. I, I'm glad for her and her family in that moment. Um, but now just Tony Khan, AEW, Omega, the Bucks, whoever, Danielson, fucking do something with it. Like, create it, build it, invest in it. Give it time on air. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll and we'll see in regards to, Mercedes and when she gets cleared and when they decide right. to potentially, cause I'm sure that that's in the back of Tony Khan's mind. Right. I mean, it's it would be like, cause, cause be. think about it, right. You're inviting, right. Cause, cause it was, you know, it was reported, you know, from Tony Khan, you know, that whole media scrum that they do that, you know, he invited Mercedes to the show. You know, they put her on freaking screen on screen right. the same day that Soraya wins this championship they didn't put her on screen when she won the t- when Soraya won the title, but you could kind of put two and two together that Tony Khan, I'm sure, in the back of his mind, is thinking about a match between those two. I'm sure. Sure, sure. So we'll we'll see in regard to that. And if you guys know me, man, Mercedes Monet. Now that no, Brian, you say no, you you're a Soraya fan. Well, Mercedes Monet is my girl. Yeah. Right? Like that. I am. I am a. This is a. And I like to. You know, even though. We have our favorites, right? We have our favorites, but when it comes to Mercedes and when it comes to anybody, or but mainly Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks, this is a pro Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet platform because of how damn fucking good she is, not yep. just to herself, but making everybody else in that ring look better, look like a million bucks. And that's what, you know, really just, you know, re- that gains my respect for Mercedes Monet. So I can't wait to see her whenever she gets back into that ring and back in back involved in something. If that's AEW, hopefully, um, you know, a lot of the last couple months has kind of just been her overseas in new Japan, which has been kind of hard to watch live, <laughs> but, right. um, but yeah, man, I mean, Mercedes Monet and AEW and Soraya, if you book it properly, then Hey, freaking sign me up, man. Um, so we'll, we'll see in regards to that. So listen, yeah. And like, and like, you know, you said earlier, congrats to, to Soraya, no doubt. It was, it was a really good moment. Um, you know, you know, I'm sure that's a moment that she's going to remember for the rest of her life. And that's awesome. You know, that has nothing to do with, with, with her and winning the title. That's totally fine. I have nothing against that. It's just the booking. It's just how we got there and the booking of these titles and these title reigns and how, for yeah, it does great for Soraya, but what about Sheeta? And where is this now going to lead to with with her? Does she get a rematch, and is she going to lose that rematch? Okay, guys, and then what? Right? right, and that that's my issue in regards to that. So, and even even that with the with the outcast, who you know we've talked you know in length about them, how they you know have been had fifty fifty booking and not really feel like they should as a dominant faction. And now you see essentially they've split up and obviously there, there'll be more to come with that. But 
again, it just feels like a, a wasted faction and opportunity this entire time they've been one. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we've said that for weeks on end and it just kind of, so who knows, you know, do they play this split? Do, do they play a split type of, you know, freaking story within the outcast? Okay, that's great. And, and, he, and it's funny, right? Because I said this about the judgment day, about the briefcase, about a title being involved. Like, is it really necessary to really involve this world championship if you're trying to tell this story with the outcasts? Like, right. is it needed? Like, is it really, really needed? Versus someone like Sheeta that has been at the top, that needs momentum. You give her that strap that she's been in that platform or been in that, that setting before. But when it comes to Soraya and Tony Storm, we know these individuals from the States, from AEW, or excuse me, from WWE, like... You 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 know as badly as the faction has been has been booked, and that's also the problem. Like this faction has hardly been a thing, so now you're trying to play this split. Like who the fuck is going to care? And you're adding a title involved to that. Like just make it fucking make sense. Like Sheeta could fucking use that to elevate her fucking career and elevate that freaking title itself. So that's I, I would I would venture to say that, you know, I, I could almost bet that if if this event probably had been held anywhere else other than in London and, and Wembley, Samaria yeah. probably isn't winning that match. No, no, exactly. No, you're, you're 100% on the money. Absolutely. Um, so that, and again, I understand why they did it. It's just moving forward. You know, thinking about it now, you know, trying to tell a story with the outcasts and the split and what is it doing for Karushita and Britt Baker, you know, just, it's weird. That's, I think that's, that's definitely coming first. I think, you know, Soraya and Britt, uh, I think Sorry, that's and, yeah. yeah, and unfortunately, again, you said for Sheeta, yeah, I think Sheeta's because of like Oscar, it's like fucking Oscar. It's like it's like Oscar over at WWE all over again. She fucks, she loses that title at SummerSlam, and she's she was freaking off. She she's been off television over the last several weeks after she's held she's held that title, and yeah. I feel like it's going to be the same thing with Ukara Sheeta, sadly. So. But let us move on. Let us move on into this next match. Uh, We have the coffin match. This was Sting and Darby Allen versus Swerve Strickland and Christian Cage. Now, this match was was changed at the last second. It was supposed to be A.R. Fox and Swerve Strickland. And now Christian Cage was added into this match last minute. I mean, it makes sense to why they did it because... You know who's gonna get you, who's gonna care more about this match if it's in it, Christian Cage or Ar Fox? Thing, there you go. <laughs> I ain't gotta say anything less. Um, it sucks with 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 Ar Fox being pulled from this match because I'm sure this would have been the biggest biggest highlight of his career. But you know, again, it's just it, it's weird. But you know, I mean, I get the business decision. You know, you're gonna get more eyeballs with Christian Cage being involved. Um, so I can understand that aspect to it, even though Christian Cage was kind of, uh, kind of an afterthought in this match, if that's fair to say, really, I mean, he was fine for what he was given, but just was never really a major focal point in this match at all. Because again, he was just placed in this match last minute. Um, so Sting comes out with like the Joker makeup. He's got like the smile, like the, with the red makeup or whatever, they're wearing jackets filled with thumbtacks. You know, I think Darby Allen's done that before, where he wears a thumbtacket type of jacket to the ring. 
Um, Swerve sidesteps a coffin drop from Darby, and Darby just lands like so fucking hard onto the coffin back first. Um, yeah. Ouch. Uh, that that hurt me just watching that shit. Um, so freaking Darby Allen, at least for the time being, is taken out of the match. Swerve Strickland tosses Sting into the coffin as this is towards the end of the match with the bat. So he tosses Sting as well as his bat, his baseball bat, into the coffin. Strickland tries to fully close the lid, but then Sting stops it as he puts the bat and he it prevents he prevents the lid from closing with his bat. So it's stuck uh, in between with the coffin as he prevents it from fully closing as it has to fully close to win the match. So Sting, he, 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 sa- he saves himself with the bat. Um, Darby Allen, so now they're brawling once another. Darby Allen gets back into it, and he wins via uh, Brian Thomas's favorite finishing move, and that's the coffin drop. Um, <laughs> as he hits the coffin drop uh, to Swerve Strickland. While Swerve is in the casket, by the way, as he kind of officially lays out Swerve for the final blow, and Swerve Strickland as the cla- the casket fully cl- or coffin I should say coffin fully closes and Darby Allen and Sting win this match. So, um, I mean, look, uh, um, nothing again, nothing special, nothing that I would want to go back and watch. Props to Swerve Strickland. This was probably the biggest probably match I think he's been involved in in his career. Yeah. Um, in in a big stage like that. So major props to Swerve. Um, so I, so in that aspect, I like you know, Swerve getting majority of the attention, if that makes sense. So, but yeah, I mean, Sting and Darby Allen, I mean, it's a coffin match. You have a guy that has a finisher called the coffin drop. So clearly this would be the right call to do, um, as Sting and Darby Allen win the match, um, and Swerve Strickland and that casket gets shut closed on him. And that's, that's pretty much it, man. I mean, it was okay. It was fine for what it was. Again, leading up to it, didn't really care too much about it. Um, but it was fine for what it was, and it was that's it. You know, I mean, we have yeah. seen a few of these matches on Dynamite as well as Rampage. So I can't really say that, you know, again, then this is why I'm a fan of saving these types of matches for the pay-per-view, because it makes these coffin matches more memorable, right? When we've seen a coffin match before from Darby Allen, from Sting, and from others. And that kind of takes the steam away from it. It's like, oh, it's a coffin match. But wait, didn't remember the coffin match from Dynamite a couple weeks ago? So that's that's that that's the thing. So but um Darby Allen and Sting winning was the right call. Um for Swerve. Again, this was a big match for Swerve, and I think it definitely put him onto the radar with this match. So I'm fine with that. Again, Christian was kind of an afterthought in this match, again being placed last minute, and that's pretty Pretty much it. So, Brian, your your thoughts in regards to this coffin match? Uh, well, let me let me first just mark out for Sting, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I made a post man. about uh, Sting on our on our uh, Facebook page since since I was introduced to him. Like he's been my guy more more than Hulk Hogan, more than anybody for the last you know thirty five forty years. Um, so to see him still out there doing that and every iteration from him, right? Like whether he started out as, you know, the Blade Runners with uh, Ultimate Warrior um, and then was kind of like the surfer California dude. And then, you know, the Crow Sting, NWO Wolfpack Sting, the Joker Sting. 
all of it, man. Um, and, and this match, I mean, coming out to seek and destroy the makeup. I just fucking loved it. All, all of it, man. Um, so again, just thank you to sting man for, for the, the last 40 years of your career. Um, yeah, this match, of course you knew sting and Dar- Darby were going to win. And yeah, I, I was kind of taken aback where, where I guess, what did something happen on rampage or something? Cause I was like, wait, how did Christian get here? What? Happened? Yeah, it was, I guess it was a promo either on, I think it was on collision or something that inserted cage into the situation. And then, yeah, there was a turn from AR Fox and swerve or whatever. So yeah, I, again, I, I think okay. it's because of the fact that Christian again is a bigger name. And, you know, when you're, again, this is, and this is no shame to people like AR Fox. It's just, you know, you have this big event. You want your biggest names on the show of your company, sure. right? And yeah. even though it would do wonders for AR Fox for for the match, but again, he's not been booked properly or hardly even booked at all since joining yeah. this Mongol embassy type of faction. So, and that's and then Tony Khan's in a pickle. He's like, "Oh shit, I don't know how much of a reaction this dude's gonna get." Let's make a little last-second decision and place Christian in this match. So that's pretty much how it kind of unfolded. Yeah, so so to the match itself, I mean, again, pretty entertaining match. Um, again, I've mentioned on here how much of a fan I am of Swerve. I, I'm glad he got, you know, like you said, you know, the focus, you know, pretty much, you know, was, was him as far as that team, you know, Christian and, and, and Swerve. Um, but again, this match was another one where – primarily, you know, Swerve and Darby, you know, man, they took some bumps. I mean, you know, coffin drop on the coffin, the the scorpion death drop on the coffin. I mean, that shit hurts people. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> so, yeah, shout out, shout out to all of them. It was a pretty good match. Um, and, yeah, we'll see where we go from here. I, even with, uh, uh, shit, what's his name? Uh, what's the real, the young kid? Um, oh, Nick Wayne. Nick, Nick Wayne. Wayne. Yeah. Coming to like taking that choke slam on the skateboard. God yeah. damn, dude. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just it, it was entertaining. Um and we'll move on from there. <laughs> <laughs> Up next we have Chris Jericho, the Ocho, versus Will Offspray. Um, I guess you can say this is like the kind of co-main event. Um, I guess you want to call that this at least the second biggest match um in, in this or on this card outside of Punk and Samoa Joe as well. But uh, Chris Jericho singing Judas to the ring, which I thought was actually kind of funny. It was actually pretty cool. Uh, Don Callis is in the corner of Will Offspray. Uh, Jericho low blows Offspray while Aubrey Edwards, you know, doesn't see it while she's distracted. Offspray wins this match via a Stormbreaker, two Stormbreaker finishers uh, to Chris Jericho as Will Offspray wins this match match from bell to bell was 17 minutes in length and sammy guevara was also in the corner uh for jericho for this match he's trying to comfort jericho he's trying to be there for jericho trying to support him and jericho kind of just shoves him aside and just leaves the ring kind of in distraught for for losing the match and that was pretty much it so um before i get before i get to my thoughts brian i'll let you start man your, your thoughts in regards to will offspray Versus Chris Jericho in this match. Um, I was actually pleasantly surprised with it. Because this is maybe the one or one other matches. Like I really had questions of like how, you know, 
you you know Will Ospreay's style, right? His his high flying, uh, yeah. impact speed, uh-huh. and like how Jericho was gonna keep up and how they were gonna do this match. But it was it was pretty good. Um, yeah, you know I like. Uh, it, <laughs> I've never seen anybody sing themselves to the well. Maybe the honky tonk man. I guess. Yeah. Well, I think John. But, I think John Cena did it one time uh, too. John I think he's C- saying well, my yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. Raft, right. Um, but anyway, even that uh, before before he did that, um, if if you had caught it, uh, he did you know a little tribute to Freddie Mercury and Freddie Mercury and Queen beforehand with the the live aid performance they had done there, you know, in '85. Yeah. Um, but but that again, you. you I, I can't keep track of the names uh, of some of these moves. You you mentioned one move. Um, I thought he hit something called the Sky Twister. Maybe that's what it was called on Chris Jericho. Um, don't know what the fuck this move was. Never seen it before. <laughs> but the, again, just the bump that Jericho and Osprey took in this move was just like, holy shit, man. Um, so again, I, I was really, I was impressed with the match. Um, I thought it was pretty good storytelling still between Guevara and Jericho. Um, so yeah, I, I came out liking the match. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm in the same boat as you and going into it. I was in the same boat as you. I'm like, this is going to be interesting, right? You know, this is going to be very, very interesting on how they, go about this match because the one thing i was hoping that wouldn't happen was jericho trying to go move for move with offspray because if that was the case it was going to get really fucking ugly and again that's no shade to jericho he's like he's a legend he's a tremendous performer but again the guy at the end of the day is 50 plus years old and there's only so much that this dude can do when he's in a ring with a young hungry you know wrestler and will offspray and I will say, man, Will Offspray is starting to kind of. You no, know, I'm not a fan of the dude yet. I'm not going to go that far, but I, I've been liking his promos. I've been like, he cut yeah. a promo not too long ago on Dynamite, setting up this match. It's just the believability and, and just how he just how he carries himself within these promos. And you know, a lot of people just think of Will Offspray again as you know. We always talk about it, Brian, the flip, the flippity diver. Right, the gym, the gymnast type of athlete. But I mean, again, if you put Will Offspray in these types of situations, and I'm sure a lot of people know that from people who watch New Japan with matches from like Kenny Omega and and others, this dude can go. This dude can carry yeah. himself. This dude can tell a story if you book him properly. People can give a shit about Will Offspray. So I love the fact that Will Offspray won this match. No doubt, it this was the right call. Um, and Chris Jericho doing the deed, which was awesome as well. So, yeah, I, I'm glad that the match itself worked out, you know, telling, you know, Chris Jericho telling more of the story, Will Offspray kind of slowing things down, not going as too fast paced as I'm sure he would originally would do with someone like, you know, Kenny Omega, or maybe Ibushi or whatever in New Japan, right? So, yeah, no, 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 no doubt. Uh, definitely the match was, was better than I ever anticipated it being. And, yeah. and and in regards, so Will Offspray gets a tremendous moment, you know, in London. He gets that win, obviously, like I said, the right call. And yeah, so now we finally tell this. We're starting to tell the story, I guess, as you can say, with Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho now, um, as they were in a promo this were just last night on Dynamite, as they're going to be going after you know AEW tag titles. 
um, down the road. So I guess that's going to be built up to maybe their next big pay-per-view after all out maybe. And that's going to set something up between them. So that's that's what's confusing too, because I I thought that's, that would be the idea, but I could have swore I heard them on commentary saying like their matches next week on dynamite. Mm. Uh, I think it's just going to be a regular tag match. Probably it's probably, they're probably going to build them up towards that title match. Probably. Yeah. Cause if they were to, ch- if they were legit to just give them the title match straight up, I'm yeah, like, yeah, oh, like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, it, right. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think it's just going to be a regular tag match next week. I, I don't think it's match. <laughs> quite a credit qualifying match. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna have one match and they're gonna have the title match the following week. Um, so yeah, it's just, and I don't know. And then with Don Callis, it's just, which is also weird because again, he's involved with Omega and now he's involved with this separate thing with, with Jericho. I don't, is that continuing on? I don't know. It doesn't seem like it is after what we, what, at least from what I saw, uh, from last night. So it's just interesting on how we're just we're getting to these moments. Um, it's just really yeah. or into these feuds, I should say, just very kind of all over the place and kind of odd. Because um, this is what we thought originally was going to be the feud, Jericho and Sammy Guevara, and it kind of turned more of right. into a a JAS type of a thing. Which you know they're still trying to tell the story of that, like oh the the whole the JAS has walked out, but Sammy Guevara is the only person that's still somewhat in the corner of Jericho. And I guess it's going to be that point where, you know, Sammy fully turns on Jericho or vice versa. So who knows? Um, Again, I just wish we would be getting to these moments better and not leaving a lot of fans fucking baffled (laughs) of what's going on because there's so many disconnected pieces. You know, Brian, you make this comparison, you make this reference all the time. It's like fitting a a square into a circle at times. Right. You know, so so yeah, um, good for Will Offspray. Again, a, a, the match was was definitely better than I anticipated, and you know, seven, again, match time was 17 minutes in length. So we'll see where this goes for Will Offspray, and, and I guess we'll see what happens as well with Jericho and uh, and Sammy Guevara. But let us move on into our next match, and I have no notes for this next match because along with me, and I'm sure a lot of people watching at home. This is when the fatigue starts to kick in, guys. I mean, another six-man tag, another multi-tag match. Now you have the acclaimed versus the House of Black for the trio's titles. Um, there was a nice little tribute um, to Bray Wyatt. You had the you had the fireflies, everybody with their cell phones out when the lights went dim. Um, so that was a really cool moment in, in House of Black's entrance. Um, so yeah, as they take on the acclaimed again, I have no notes of this match because again, I think at this point, and you can tell from the crowd's reaction, th- this is when the crowd was started. The fatigue was starting to get in with everybody. I mean, there's just so many six men stadium stampede m- tag matches that you can fucking see in one night. And I think the crowd was just a little bit burnt out, um, for the most part. And they're just like, all right, let's just get to this main event. Um, but when it's all said and done, the acclaimed win the trios titles from, from the house of black, a tag team guys remind you, this is, this is, this is the acclaimed, a fucking tag team winning trios titles, you know, as as they win the titles alongside daddy ass, AKA Billy gun. Um, 
Yeah, man. And that's, that's house of blacks title reign for you. That that's their trios title reign for you. I really have not, nothing really much to say about this. I mean, guys, I, I'm not going to repeat myself in regards to these trios titles. It's a fucking, it's a, it's a joke. Um, it's a fucking travesty and how just all over the place, the booking has been with these titles. Uh, good for the acclaim. They win these titles, I guess. I don't know. It's setting something up with them and Billy Gunn. But again, with House of Black, it's just like, the fuck are we doing, man? And here's the weird thing too, Brian. I'm going to send this off to you because I do want to get to the main event. The House of Black, if you look at their record as of late, they've won a lot of matches. A lot of matches. But the problem is, it's that what they're involved in is irrelevant and not existent and not interesting at all. Um, and that's the problem. And yes, winning matches and developing momentum like that is no question important. But at the same time, you have to involve them in something that is gravitating towards the the audience. Outside of their entrance, Brian, there's none of it. There's none of it with the House of Black. And again, it's no fault to their own. That's just Tony Khan not knowing how to book these three. So they lose these trios titles. Um I I don't understand giving these titles to the acclaim. They're not a fuck. They're not a fucking trios. To, I mean, listen, I get it. It's daddy magic, daddy ass, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Billy Gunn, your sister's ass. I don't care, right? The acclaimed is a fucking tag team that were on top of the world. The tag team division, not too long ago, and you're giving them these trios titles that are fucking irrelevant. And are such a waste of fucking time. Yet you have a trio, an actual faction, that looks badass, that can feel badass, and that is actually a trios, but you're but and now they lose the titles to a tag team. Make it fucking make sense. I mean, and they could have used that victory at Wembley Stadium. I'm just saying that that like that moment. And when, I'm, I just I don't know, man. What the fuck do I know at this point, Brian? I'm just a fucking podcaster. You know, it's just I don't know. It's just, you know, I mean, we've talked so much about the House of Black as well as Malachi Black and just how ever since he's been in this faction, you know, there's nothing about him, nor Buddy Matthews or Brody King that we we go and want to go back and see or what they're involved in it's just and now they lose these titles and it's just now what you know and that's yeah. all i can really say i can't really say this match or leading up to this match was anything exciting um nor the crowd was even into it because again they were burnt out by the by, by this match so that's that's really it man so brian your your final thoughts before we get into our main event your final thoughts on this trails titles match I didn't take any notes for it either, man. Um, I, you know, as I've stated before, like the, the the trios tags needs to be done away with to begin with. So that that's mm-hmm. where I'm always coming from in that standpoint. Yeah. Um, List or you know the House of Black losing the titles. I mean, in one aspect, I'm kind of glad they did because yeah, <laughs> it's one of those factions. More of a again, burden. It's more yeah, of a burden like, than it is a reward at this point, I guess. Right. You can say. Like, yeah. I think they're so much better, especially Malachi. Um, I don't know much about Brody King, but I'm, I'm sure he he has the demeanor and. From what we've seen of Buddy Matthews, even going back to, to WWE when he was like uh, Rollins, you know, kind of little, you know, minion or whatever you want to call him. Um, 
he does good work like that. So these guys, I think, much in the in the same aspect as, of course, a, a Bray Wyatt or a Undertaker or whatever. Like you don't need titles for them to be no. creative fucking storytellers. Like they're it's, they're better yeah. that way. Like don't just let them do what they do, and they're gonna fucking they're they're gonna provide you with entertainment. You know. Um. So yeah, that being said, I'm kind of glad that the titles are off of them, but putting them on the acclaimed and and Billy Gunn, that I don't really think that helps them either. No, um, no. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know where to go from there with that. Like I said, I mean, ultimately, if it was in a perfect world, I just not have the titles. <laughs> like, yeah. So I mean, you already right. You already have a tag division that you need to fucking worry about. But now let's. And like I remember Brian, oh trios titles. This is gonna be great. This is gonna be fun. And it's done nothing. It, it it's done nothing for the company, and it's and it's doing more harm for the tag division because you yeah. have a fucking tag team going after these titles. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> let's move on. Let let's move on. Let's get into this main event. Let's end with a little bit of positivity here, shall we? Main event is MJF, your AW World Champion versus Adam Cole, baby. Um, so MJF comes out in the devil's mask. He's on the big throne. Awesome uh, entrance. Awesome freaking entrance. I think he did something similar in an event, but still, it was still a, yeah, yeah. Still a damn solid freaking entrance, man. Um, freaking the crowd is like humming to his, his theme song, which I thought was freaking really cool. Um, you know, both men, you know, they, they're taunting each other. MJF wants sportsmanship. And then Adam Cole just gets a poke in the face. Again, the way that MJ, I don't know, again, Brian, I, just go back and watch this. I know it's very, yeah, it's very awesome. brief. It awesome. It's just the way he pokes him in the face and he does the whole fucking. <laughs> it's just so yeah. fucking good. It's just yep. so funny. Something that little, that simple, right? Is is uh, he he makes it gold, man? It's just it's so fucking funny. But I legit burst out laughing. I was watching I it like. I was watching with my stepdad and he was just laughing the fact that I was laughing at it. It was just so fuck. It was just so good, man. Um, and then Adam Cole just gets pissed, man. He responds with like a massive slap to his face. And that's where we really start to get the action going. Um, Adam Cole hits a brain buster onto the steel steps. That was a massive freaking bump there that MJF took. Now that's when he ended up selling really the neck injury from then on there, kind of selling that. Um, and so this was another weird part of the match, Brian. This was very weird. They over-exaggerate a 10 count. MJF getting back into the ring. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Just, again, this is Wrestling 101. If, you, if you're if you the challenger and the champion gets counted out, you don't win the championship. Is that correct? Right. So why is why is Adam Cole wanting to win the match via count? That was, I don't know. It's like, you, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, that was just really yeah. weird. I'm like, even again, my, my, again, my, my, my friend and my stepfather said the same thing. I'm like, why is he trying to win via count out? Like he's not going to win the championship that way. It was just really weird. Like you're yeah. trying to over-exaggerate. Oh, MJF gets back into the ring where, well, dude, if he would have just gotten counted out, he still would have been fucking champion. So it was just, it was really weird. Uh, that was yeah. just kind of just off. But, but anyway, outside of that, again, match was just freaking, I mean, guys, it was fucking beautiful, uh, freaking yep. beautiful as freaking, uh, you know, uh, Adam Cole or no frig MJF attempts to hit a pile driver onto the announce table, but he can't bring himself to do it as he's again, he's starting to like, you know, he wants to be this dastardly, the devil, right. But now he's starting to really bond with Adam Cole 
He's starting to now just, you know, conf- conflict with himself. But Adam Cole, like, he just he just does it, man. He has no freaking hesitation. He just freaking does it. Um, MJF and Adam Cole, they hit a double clothesline. Um, they hit a yeah, double clothesline to each other. And the match ends via a draw, a double pinfall, um, as both of their arms were flat against each other as they, you know, the referee counted both of their shoulders to the mat. The match ends via draw. And Cole asked for five more minutes to MJF, similar to their first match not too long ago on AEW Dynamite. And MJF says no. He says five minutes isn't enough. And then, you know, freaking we're going to go until we have a winner in fucking Wembley, man. And freaking uh, the match restarts. Um, after an exchange of roll-ups, uh, the referee gets knocked out. Um, MJF looks to use the chair. Oh, they're, they're doing like an Eddie Guerrero shtick. They keep just tossing the fucking chair to one another. Um, and then like MJF's just like, all right, screw it. He just puts the, put the chair around his neck and he falls. He acts like he's like, like Adam Cole, like put the chair around his neck or whatever. Um, so as the referee's slowly getting up or whatever, um, Cole hits a Panama sunrise onto the floor. That was freaking wild. Um, Adam Cole goes for another one. MJF sidesteps and knocks the referee out again. <laughs> he goes for another Panama sunrise. He sidesteps. He pushes the referee in harm's way and the referee takes the fucking Panama sunrise. So the referee is just getting fucking obliterated. He took a shoulder <laughs> tackle and he took a fucking Panama sunrise. Um, so the referee is knocked out. Uh, Roderick Strong gets involved as he low blows MJF. MJF was looking to use the diamond ring, couldn't bring himself to do it. Um, Adam Cole hits another Panama Sunrise plus a boom kick. The ref makes the slow count and MJF kicks out at two and nine tenths. And then Roderick Strong throws the world title to Adam Cole. Uh, Roderick Strong wants him to use it. Adam Cole refuses. Roderick Strong just walks off in anger and disappointment. Adam Cole is like, yelling him and he's distracted with Roderick Strong leaving. And then MJF wins this match via the awe-inspiring, the ultra-devastating. Roll up. The roll-up finish. Yes, yes. The small package, as they like to call it. The small package roll-up for the W as MJF wins this match and defends his title post-match. You know, Adam Cole is, is uh, he's in distraught. He's upset. MJF sees that he tries to comfort him. He's like, Hey, but we still got these ROH titles. He just takes one of those titles and he just chucks it out the, out the freaking ring. And MJF has this disgusted look on this face. Now he's like, you're a fake piece of shit. You never were my friend. Like all it's like for this, like for that, like you just like just fucking take it. He literally says like he literally guys he literally drops the f bomb like says yeah. just fucking take it clearly like, loudly like yeah. clearly loudly for people in the stadium to hear. Um and, and and MGF's like matter of fact just get it over with. He just turns his back. He raises his arms up like just just sneak just just hit me from behind. Just do it. Like I'm so stupid. Just get it over with. And then Roderick Strong gets back into the scene. He's like do it. Freaking hit him. He's got the freaking title in his hand. And then. Adam Cole refuses. He throws it to the ground and they do like that slow turn to where, you know, that slow turn and MJF's like, he didn't do it. <laughs> right. With that little puppy dog eyes. And then they embrace in one big hug. Uh, freaking Roderick Strong. Again, he's playing this jealous girlfriend type of thing. And yeah, freaking all in. AW all in ends with MJF and Adam Cole 
standing tall, but it's MJF that comes out the winner and remains AEW world champion. Confetti's coming down. They announced once again, Wembley is coming back next year or AEW is coming back to London next year at Wembley in 2000 and uh, 2024. So yeah. And that is your show. That is AEW all in. So Brian, I'll let you have the floor, man, to start your thoughts on this main event and this show overall. It, I mean, it, it, for me, lived up to the, you know, the main event of the biggest show of the year. I mean, it, you know, well, I was definitely certainly expecting a turn from one or the other. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it didn't happen. So we get, you know, at least another week, at least of, of maybe hopefully some, uh, you know, pretty funny vignettes or, or something, you know, who knows? <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it was a fantastic match. I mean, they both like with, you know, multiple moves and, and whatever and storytelling throughout the match. Um, it was awesome. Um, yeah, that, that, that's my only, I, I can't even, like I said, I, and I still think eventually when it happens, it's going to be Adam Cole. Um, but for, for what this is like, okay, you know, we're, we're still now they, now they have a, uh, a, you know, a title, a tag title, you know, to defend. Um, and it's obvious where it's going to go, how, you know, throughout this match, like, you know, MJF was kind of hesitating to do, you know, what, what he needed to do to win while, while Cole was not. And he stated yeah. it so, you know, before, you know, leading into the match, so I mean that's that's obviously the route they're going to go, um, which I I'm cool with that. Um, like I said, I, I was expecting, even kind of hoping, you know, that that Cole would turn. Um, but that being said, I, I'm okay with this, keeping him a team right now, and and just enjoying it for what it yeah. is. Uh, I, I I obviously there's a story and. It, it's ultimately going to come down to, you know, the turn happening in and because of the tag titles. I mean, it, it's got to ha- yeah. something happen there. But, right. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, we'll see, man. But with what these two guys have been doing, um, they're going to they're going to knock it out of the park. I got no doubt. Yeah, no, very, very well said. Um, and yeah, like you said, no, this, this show was was um, definitely very well done. Very tremendous show. There was a lot of really, again, the FTR match was solid. The stadium stampede was entertaining as all hell. Um, again, even though the the moment was good for Soraya. Was good. I mean, yeah, I mean, Punk and Samoa Joe was fine, even though, again, I, I feel like some of these matches were just, again, just I just felt like more of a dynamite or a show you could have saw for free. But still, the show flowed well. The crowd was into it all night the atmosphere, the visual and how everything just felt a certain way. No doubt um that no doubt one of the best one of the best shows of this calendar year for sure. Um as far as this main event goes, um damn solid as what I expected it to be. Um and let let me let me speak about this roll up because I'm sure a lot of people think like oh snap freaking uh James is not going to like this, or Brian's not going to like this roll-up finish. I, and uh, I what don't. I, like, I wish it had ended another way. I, the, here's, well, here's, what I'll, here's what I'll say about it, Brian, is that I'll let it slide because of the fact that they are friends. They're playing this story that they're friends, and 
you know, oh, like you got one on me, like, you, you know, for three seconds, you got one on me, one up on me, you know, in right. that very moment, you know, and, and it, again, it's just in that aspect, I'll, I'll take it. Right. I, yes. Grant. Yes. There's a million different ways I could have freaking had this finish better and, and better than a roll up finish. But I, I can believe it's believable that this, that the way that these two have been friends and the way that, you know, trying to one up each other, if that makes sense. So yeah, I, I can let it slide. <laughs> let's just, let's just say that it's more believable. Right. And it's more understanding of this type of finish. Right. Especially the way the finish, as you notice, like even after the three count MJF still was holding yeah. Adam Cole in that role of position. So it's like that believability. It's where like MGF is using every ounce of energy to hold him in this roll up, even after the three count. So, and again, in that aspect, I'll take it and I'll, I'll let it slide. It's a bet. It, it's more believable and it's a better outcome than someone like Kenny Omega, just getting rolled up just to fucking get rolled up. Right. So, and I'll yeah, I'll even say this just to, for for uh, MJF. I agree with everything you're saying. It, it's it's one of those things where I would prefer a different finish. Yeah, but in this setting with these two guys, I get it. And the little minute detail, right, of of MJF doing exactly that. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of makes it work, right? It's absolutely it's those little fucking things, man. Like absolutely, yeah. no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Yeah, and of course, you know, as soon as I first watched it, I'm like, ah, oh, roll up type of fit, really? For but the more again, it was kind of like the more I'm thinking about it, I'm just like, okay, I'm like, let me go it. back to the yeah. story of what they're trying to tell us, right? This the story, they're friends, and you know, there's this little bit of like red flags, I guess, if you want to call it, like some little bit of cracks, and like you're trying to tell this story, and and again, the ROH titles, I'm still skeptical about I, I i don't think you need those titles to tell this story especially for a team like aussie open i just i just don't think that that's really necessary to an extent for me um right. but and, for and the another finish, thing with that does that mean they're going to be now on roh defending them or roh stars coming over to probably, AEW? probably. i don't yeah. know i mean they might just keep them on aw television to be quite honest right. with you maybe they maybe once maybe for a one time thing they'll have a uh, uh, MJF and Adam Cole defend those titles at ROH. I mean, you can't, because if that's the case, right? Like if they were to lose those ROH titles, you can't do that on ROH, right? Sure. You got to do that on AEW television. So that would just right. be fucking weird unless they do like, like an, like a tag title defense on an ROH and they win it. And then they'll have to like lose that at a, either a pay-per-view event or on, on, I don't know. It's just, that, that's, what's weird, right? They're going right. to drop these titles to who I don't fucking know. Maybe it's to freaking <laughs> who knows? Maybe it's to freaking Roderick Strong's new friends and freaking Mike Bennett or whoever the fuck that other dude's name is. I, I don't know. Um, but that's just weird. I just don't think that they're necessary. I don't think it needs to be involved in the story, but right. for what the finish was, the more I thought about it, I'm like, okay, I can, I, I can, you know, I'll let it slide. I'll, I'll take yeah. it for what it is, you know? Right. So, and that's, and that's it, man. So MJF, you know, does he turn baby face? We've talked about that too. You know, we've we see more of MJF, you know, playing the baby face role more and more, but is it, you know, is he playing a fiddle 
out of everybody who knows that's still the case you know is is adam cole going to be the one to turn on mjf and and mjf now kind of soars to the mountaintop as the baby face of this company who who knows man um i just the one negative the one thing that i just that can really hurt this brian and i'll end it with this is that i hope that this tandem and this you know the the buildup of the split doesn't drag out too long you right. see what i'm saying that that's the yeah. only thing i think at this point that could really hurt it is that if it drags out a little bit and then now the moment is kind of being just it's a detriment if that kind of makes sense so yeah. that but that's really it outside of that and like i'm i'm with you i was kind of expecting the turn to be done or some type of turn to be done and then have the match it all out that's my first initial thought but it seems like they want to they want to go beyond all out uh maybe into full gear or something like that in the, in this for, for later for later on this fall so who who knows maybe they want to have mjf hold on to this title maybe they want this to be mjf's last feud but as he drops that title and maybe becomes the baby face and it's the next next type of chapter for mjf's career so who knows right. that that's probably the case as well but We'll soon find out, man. We shall soon find out. But thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Uh, once again, I want to thank Katie Trey for coming on to the show and, and being Absolutely. a part, uh, being a part of this episode. Thank you, Katie Trey, and uh, and you know we wish you the best of luck um, in your career. And, and and again, you know, just you know, we appreciate you having you on, and it was a whole lot of fun. And again, man, just another wrestler of many to be a part of this platform. As there's many, there's many things that are in the works right now. Uh, but make sure you go, you guys go check out Katie Trey. Make sure you guys go check out Riot City Wrestling as they do a tremendous stuff there. Go check out their stuff on YouTube and uh, on social media, and and all that fun stuff, man. But as far as this this platform goes, the podcast. So our next uh, episode is going to be Sunday as we are going to be talking WWE payback with the good the bad and the ugly that is going to be on sunday i'm sure for most of you you guys will probably watch that on monday um you know it'll be you know we'll keep you guys notified make sure you guys are notified to when that uh, episode gets published out um and then um of course monday your boy is going to be at the spectrum center in charlotte for monday night raw um it'll be my first televised event um, in about three years. So it's, it's been a minute since I've been to a WWE live event. Your boy will be uh, live there. So if any of you guys are in the Charlotte area, if you guys are coming to the event, um, hopefully this I'll see any of you guys that are coming that are showing up there. Um, it should be a whole lot of fun. Um, you know, I know that Chad Gable and um, I believe uh, uh, Gunther are having their IC title matches and, and a bunch of other stuff that's going on. So, so that'll be a lot of fun. And of course, we'll talk about that this coming week. And of course, we have AW All Out for next Thursday. So there is a lots to talk about over the next week. Um, and we're going to be here talking all about it. And then, of course, we have SmackDown and Raw. And of course, we're going to get back, I'm sure, back into the tribal uh, the tribal chief, the tribal stuff with Roman and Jay and all that stuff and seeing where that goes um, as there is a lots of stuff to get into moving forward. But once again, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure to uh, to follow us on our social medias, uh, both on our Instagram and TikTok. That is Ruthless underscore talk, as well as join our Facebook group and stay tuned for many more episodes to come. Brian, final thoughts, my man, before we end this show. Yeah, I just wanted to shout out Katie Trey again and Riot City Wrestling. I appreciate the time, you know, you taking out and coming on here with us. And, uh, 
you know, yeah, just to, to recap uh, all in, man, I, I thought it was a fantastic show. Um, the crowd, you know, and the, hell yeah, I'm looking forward to it next year already, man. So, <laughs> um, yeah, man, we'll uh, we'll be talking to you guys soon about a lot of different things, man. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Yep. But of course, you know, we're, we're excited to get uh, to definitely discuss all of that as there's a lot to discuss over the next several weeks. And make sure you guys stay tuned for WWE Payback in the review. That is the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, of course, many more episodes to come. That is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And your boys are signing off saying salutes. Peace out. And take care, everybody. Oh, thank you!